When passion, perseverance, and performance join forces, success is born. When your lifestyle is cultivated around physical and mental well-being, winning is inevitable. If you're somebody who likes to set goals and crush them too, you've come to the right place. This is putting yourself first. This is motivation. This is the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. This is Julie, your host, here to bring you weekly wellness tips to help you live happier, healthier, and make real progress towards your goals. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to ask a favor. If you have been with us for a while or you're just tuning in for the first time and you enjoy this episode, I would really appreciate if you went over to wherever you're listening to this, to the main page of Goal Set Mindset, and left a rating or review for the show. It would mean a lot to me to hear from you guys and help me reach more people, so thank you for that. Today, I am discussing my reflections after taking the CrossFit Level 1 Trainer course this weekend. We are recording this pretty much right after I got home from the course, Um, so if I seem a little bit foggy or brain dead, that is why. It was an amazing weekend, something that I think is worth sharing, so Today's episode, I'm just going to dive into a little bit about what this course is, why I took it, my five main takeaways from this course, and some of my prerequisites, I would say, for if you're thinking about taking this course, um, some things that I would recommend having or doing beforehand. Before we jump in, I want to give a little bit of background about where I'm at in life right now as I take this class. Um, So I am a performance physical therapist. I've been a PT for just over three months now, very new into it. I started CrossFit for the first time back in April in Wilmington, Delaware. Shout out to CrossFit Riverfront. That was my first ever introduction to CrossFit. I had no idea really anything about it, how it works. Um, I remember looking at the whiteboard for the first time being like, what is this Chinese And since then, have kind of dabbled in some different classes, taken classes with different coaches, and just asked a lot of questions to the people in my life who really enjoy this form of training. And I mention all of that because the really cool thing about this course is that you don't need to have a certain level of experience or skill in CrossFit in order to take this class and learn about it. I do have background in strength and conditioning, Um, in movement as a physical therapist, as an athlete myself, and all of those things definitely helped. But I really was drawn to taking this course because I think CrossFit is super cool. I think the people who enjoy CrossFit are awesome. Um, And it's something that I want to get into that I'm becoming more and more attracted to, especially hanging out with the crew inside of my workplace in execution athletics. So all of that being said, um, you don't need a lot of background in CrossFit but you definitely should have a desire to want to learn about the sport, to want to connect with people in the sport, and be willing and open to doing hard shit if you're going to take this class. So the CrossFit Level 1 course is the course that you take in order to get a certificate to be a CrossFit Level 1 trainer. This is CrossFit's baseline um, educational platform. So If you want to become a CrossFit coach, this is where most people will start. 
get this certificate and then they can coach the sport and market themselves as a coach of the sport. For me, I do see myself hopefully coaching at some point in the future. Um, but as a physical therapist, I work with CrossFitters. I love working with CrossFitters and I'm getting into the sport a little bit myself. So those are all reasons why I decided to take this course. The way that it runs is it's on a weekend. So this was all day Saturday, all day Sunday, about eight hours each day. There were three trainers at this course. I'm not sure if that's standard. Uh, my trainers were Maggie, John, and Clay. They were awesome, so shout out to them. And the course is a blend of lecture material where they go over stuff from the actual like manual um, and then a whole lot of practical application practicing the foundational movements, learning cues, coaching each other. There was a workout on Saturday and a workout on Sunday. And at the end of the weekend, we took a test, which I don't know how it did on yet. I hope I passed. I will say it was a little bit more challenging than I expected, um, but stay tuned for that result. So let's dive into some of my main takeaways from this experience. First one is I really enjoyed the points of performance. So the way this course was structured, there were a bunch of different movements that we discussed. And the cool thing about CrossFit is it is as wide ranged as you can get when it comes to what's included in a CrossFit program. Like pretty much any type of functional movement that you can think of is going to be embedded in here. So we didn't learn every single possible thing that you might see happen in a CrossFit gym, but we definitely learned the most important. So these include, I'll run through them really quick, bodyweight squat, front squat, overhead squat, strict press, push press, push jerk, deadlift, sumo deadlift high pole, med ball clean. Those were the foundational movements. And we also discussed and did some practice with snatches, thrusters, pull-ups, talked about kipping, strict muscle-ups, GHD sit-ups, and different forms of extensions. So there was a lot packed in here. And what I loved about this point of performance is they took each of the foundational movements and essentially pointed out the most important parts of that movement. One of the most overwhelming things when you're getting into fitness for the first time as an athlete or when you're coaching movement whether it be as a trainer, as a physical therapist, or maybe just trying to help out a friend or a family member, is figuring out where you should look and what you should pay attention to. So taking the squat, for example, if you just like watch somebody squat very broadly, there's movement as so many different joints and so many different muscles working and so many different positions that people might get into that it can be tricky to figure out like, okay, where do I want to start with this? And what they did really nicely in this course was pick out the most important things to focus on. So for example, for the overhead squat, that's a movement that I really don't have any experience with. I never did prior to um, doing some in CrossFit. Some of the points of performance are making sure that the knees are tracking the toes, that a neutral spine is maintained throughout the movement, that the bar is in the frontal plane, so making sure it doesn't go too far out in front or too far behind, and some more specific points, such as the armpits facing forward and the elbows pointing towards the ground. So just giving that example to point out, like those are the things that the coaches were pointing out on us that they discussed beforehand, 
And it's so helpful that when you then go to perform a movement like that or look at somebody else do it, you know where to pay most attention to. So really enjoyed the points of performance. Second main takeaway here is that intention is everything. I am amazed at the human body every single day, but it is so fascinating how much subtle adjustments and subtle tweaks can make a huge difference for the way that somebody moves and the way that it feels and the efficiency of a movement. So for example, when we were going through the bodyweight squat, like everybody in this class has done squats before, we all know what a bodyweight squat roughly should look like. So, you know, we get in the circle and I'm setting up and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be easy. How many bodyweight squats have we done in my life? So many, right? So I get down there and right off the bat, coach is like, Julie, point those kneecaps out a little bit more, like get a little bit wider, point your knees out more. And I'm like, okay, made that subtle little adjustment, maybe like an half an inch to an inch of external rotation at my hips. And the movement felt entirely different. I felt more stable. I felt stronger. I actually sunk lower into the squat to meet full depth. And it was such a subtle little thing that if I wasn't thinking about, if I wasn't told to pay attention to it, I would have just been chilling there, not in a truly properly engaged position. Another one that I really enjoyed when it came to intention is the pressing movements. So the strict press, push press, push jerk. When you're getting that bar overhead, a really important point that they emphasized and that I felt firsthand was finishing the movement with an active shoulder. So what they mean by that is like fully pressing that PVC pipe, in this case, up to the ceiling and making sure that that shoulder, posterior shoulder, um, even like the the superior aspect, so like the top part of your shoulder joint, making sure everything is fully engaged to maintain maximum stability and also get the most strength. And this is important because if we're working at like submaximal loads, let's say, or warming up with a PVC pipe, we can press that overhead with no issue. We don't really have to engage every single muscle to get the job done. But when we're intentional about engaging the proper muscles, Holy crap, the movement feels so much different. It feels stronger. It feels more effective. It feels faster. It feels more stable. So knowing what the intention is behind every movement that you're doing and really emphasizing that, that last little bit of pressing, that last little bit of external rotation, whatever it might be, can be such a game changer for your ability to learn the movement, um, for the ability to maintain that movement under fatigue, like all of these different things. So that is definitely a big lesson that I'm taking into my own fitness, into working with my patients and my athletes. Like what is the intention behind this movement and making sure that that is emphasized each time. Next point, next thing that I really, really loved was the discussion on the sickness to wellness to fitness continuum. So I have heard about this continuum before from a bunch of physical therapists that I look up to a lot over at the Institute of Clinical Excellence, and this all they all got this idea from CrossFit's teachings. So what this continuum essentially demonstrates is if you picture like a speedometer on your car, 
like that like that half circle shape where it's like zero and then whatever the highest number at the end of the scale is let's say like 200 miles an hour the sickness to wellness to fitness continuum has sickness placed all the way on the left of the curve at that zero miles per hour mark wellness is right at the vertical point so like the halfway point maybe 100 miles an hour or like 12 o'clock on a clock and then fitness is really far right on the opposite end of sickness all the way at the end of your speedometer and what the discussion was centered around was this idea that the whole point of all of this the whole philosophy behind crossfit the reason why it's so powerful is because we are taking humans from where they currently reside on that continuum whether it be at sickness whether it be at wellness whether it be between the two or whether it even be pretty close to fitness taking them where they currently are and moving them further right across that continuum until ultimately you finish at fitness and crossfit defines fitness as a few different things but Ultimately, it's the ability to perform anything that life throws at you with efficiency. And I think this is so important from just like a health perspective, right? The way that we look at the human body, many people are just simply striving for wellness. And when we go to the doctor and they say that we are healthy, they define health. The medical system defines health as the absence of disease. So simply by not having chronic disease, oh, you're healthy. But are you fit? And the way that CrossFit defines health is how fit are you throughout the entirety of your life? So all of this to be said, we need to stop settling to just live at wellness. Because when we're chilling at that wellness mark, it's not going to take a whole lot to knock us down to sickness. Maybe you you know, get a bad um, virus and you're like stuck at home for a week or two and you don't go out of your house and that shit just knocks you down. And then you try to go back to your normal activities, whether it be work or recreational stuff or whatever, and you fell so far down that continuum towards sickness because you were barely at wellness. Whereas somebody who lives on that far right side of the continuum at fitness, it's going to take a whole lot to knock you all the way back to sickness. How resilient do you want to be? How robust do you want to be against the challenges, the unknown and unknowable, as CrossFit says it? Um, I love this continuum because I love picturing that and saying, okay, how far right, how far into fitness can I get to maximize everything else in life? Absolutely loved that lecture. Next point that I've really enjoyed is a quote that John said, one of the instructors, which is that new positions are weak positions. New positions are weak positions. New ranges of motions are weak ranges of motion. So what this referred to is throughout this course, we were all getting um, corrected, right? And cued on different things. So myself, for example, I mentioned the bodyweight squat. I was all confident. I'm like, I got this. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and a strength coach. I know how to squat. And I get down there and the coach tells me, okay, point the knees out, widen your stance a little bit, get taller, lift your chest up. I needed more thoracic extension. I was kind of hunched over. 
And when he cued me on that, and I lifted my chest, and I extended my thoracic spine back into neutral, that position was so hard to maintain. Like, so hard to maintain. We would sit at the bottom of the squat, and I'm pushing my knees out, and I'm keeping my T-spine extended, and my whole body is shaking. And I'm like, holy shit, I can probably squat 200 pounds on my back, but here I am in a bodyweight squat, struggling, because... I was in a new position. I was exploring a new range of motion that I typically don't spend time in. And in fact, it was the optimal range of motion. Getting the external rotation of my hips, getting that full extension in the thoracic spine to maintain stability. So since it was new for me, it was really hard. And this is such an important point because as coaches, as physical therapists, or just as a human being yourself, when you're exploring a new movement, when you're trying a new exercise, when you're improving your technique in a new exercise, expect that it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. It's challenging your nervous system in a way that isn't used to being challenged. It's pushing into weaknesses that are what's holding you back from doing it properly. So it's important to recognize that because people get really comfortable doing things suboptimally. And then when you try to correct them, They're like, wait a second, no, I want to squat the way that I squat, which also I'm definitely not, um, I guess I would say a total, total stickler about movement. Like it all depends on what your goals are. But anyway, I digress. It's important to make sure that people have an understanding of like, hey, we're going to change things up a little bit. You're going to be better for it. But the first couple of times that we do it, it's going to be really freaking hard. Are you up for it? And most people who care enough, if you're listening to this, you probably care about how you're moving. We're going to say, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm up for the challenge. I want to be better for it. But some people aren't going to be willing to tap into that, that new range, that new position. But man, it's so, so powerful. Um, And for me, something that I wasn't surprised by, I'm a very anterior muscle dominant human being. My quads, my pecs, my deltoids, my abdominals, like that stuff for me is much stronger than my posterior chain, my upper back, my glutes, my hamstrings. So all of that being said, I went into this knowing that my upper back is a weakness because I I train that in the gym. But this really brought it out and reminded me, holy shit, we need upper back strength for the squat. We don't really appreciate that much, but we do. So all of this being said, learning that new positions are weak positions through improving your own movement is powerful and making sure that you make sure that your humans that you're coaching know that um, and just using it as motivation to like better that movement to make it stronger in the long run. Point number five here that I really enjoyed from the course was their conversation on properly scaling movements. One of the hardest things about group exercise classes, CrossFit classes included, is how do we take this one workout, this one prescription, and apply it to every single person in this class of all different ages and genders and experiences and strengths and weaknesses and injuries, perhaps. So I think this was a really crucial conversation and something that as a physical therapist, We struggle with a lot because we really don't get a whole lot of education on how to properly adjust movements. 
So the way that they explained this is starting first with asking the question of like, what is the intended stimulus of the workout? So like if you're going to the gym one day and you're creating a workout for yourself, what is it that you're trying to get out of it? Are you focusing on your maximal strength with low number of repetitions, high amount of weight? Are you focusing on your stamina, doing like higher repetitions, more of like a hit style workout, short rest breaks? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? And in a CrossFit workout, most of the workouts that are prescribed are going to be centered around one specific domain of fitness. So then let's say within that movement, within that workout, excuse me, there's a specific movement that a certain person can't do. Let's say the movement or the workout calls for like multiple sets of pull-ups, like 15 pull-ups at a time. So for me personally, I just achieved getting my first pull-up this week. So I cannot do 15 pull-ups in a workout. And if the workout calls for 15 pull-ups in addition to other movements, more than likely the workout wants you to do a high amount of volume in order to get the stimulus that it wants. So yes, I can do pull-ups. I I can actually do two (laughs) pull-ups. But is doing two pull-ups going to do me any good compared to the 15 pull-ups that everybody else is doing on top of, let's say, the thrusters or the deadlifts or whatever else there is? Probably not. So the first thing that we want to scale is ask the question of, can we adjust the intensity? For a gymnastics movement, it's kind of hard to. We, we can't really adjust a pull-up a ton based on reps and load and things like that. But let's say for like a weightlifting movement, maybe I'm struggling with some knee pain right now or I'm rehabbing a quad injury and the workout calls for heavy back squats. I can simply do less weight on the back squat and still get the desired stimulus. But for a pull-up, if we can't scale the intensity, the second thing that we look at is, can we pick a different modality? Can we pick a different variation of the exercise to get the stimulus that I want? So the workout wants us to do 15 pull-ups and then go right into that next movement, keeping the heart rate up, keeping the intensity up. So for me, what I would likely scale for myself is to do like toe-assisted pull-ups with a box where I'm hanging from the pull-up bar, I have a box underneath me, my toes are in contact with it, and I'm giving myself just enough assistance with my legs to get myself over the bar. Those are still really hard for me to do. I'm still getting a really good workout, and I can do 15 of them because I'm getting some assistance. In the class, they talked about band-assisted pull-ups, which I'm not personally not the biggest fan of, Um, But there's all different kinds of variations you can do, right? So like if you can't do the movement that's prescribed, what's another form of the movement that you can do? For me, assisted pull-ups. Let's go back to the back squat. Maybe somebody's back squat technique is just not good enough yet to do 15 reps of it in a workout. So we might scale that to a kettlebell goblet squat where they're still getting load on their quads. They're still moving at a pretty fast pace but they're going to be in a better position to get that stimulus. Really liked that. Now, if we can't scale it to the point where there's a similar modality that works for them, then we would look to do an entirely different movement that is at least within the same ballpark. So going back to the pull-up example, 
if the human in front of you, whether it be your friend or a patient or an athlete, can't do a pull-up and can't do an assisted pull-up, maybe they can't hang from the bar or maybe they have a shoulder injury where they can't go totally overhead, then we would do something like a ring pull-up or a ring row or a like a TRX row, if you're familiar with that piece of equipment. Slightly changing the direction of pull, but still doing an upper body pulling motion, so still within the same ballpark. Swapping out a pull-up for a push-up, for example, wouldn't really be effective because it's an upper body push versus an upper body pull. So you see where I'm getting at there. Let's say with the back squat. Maybe an athlete has an injury in their knee severe enough to the point that they can't squat on that leg. They can't do back squats. They can't do goblet squats. But if the left leg is injured, the right leg isn't injured. So can we still give that same stimulus to the rest of the body while respecting the injury in the left leg? Maybe I would program something like a split squat, like a rear foot elevated split squat with their injured leg up on a bench or a box and their uninjured leg pressing up and down from the floor doing a squatting motion. So really liked the way that they approached that, the examples that they gave, and again, just this whole idea that like there's always a way to scale. And that's what makes CrossFit so powerful, and it really does come down to having good coaches. You need to be in a gym where the coaches are going to take the time to actually speak with you, understand your needs, and help scale the movements appropriately. Or maybe you work with a physical therapist who's currently treating you for elbow pain and he or she helps you figure out how to best scale certain movements. But either way, what it comes down to is that there is always a way to achieve the desired stimulus. If you can't run, you can bike. If you can't pull up, you can ring row. If you can't back squat, you can split squat. Those are just a few examples. Um, But felt really, really empowered from that message that like, There's always a way. So those are my main takeaways. I want to finish this episode up with some prerequisites, in my opinion, for taking this course. So in order to take the CrossFit Level 1 course, there are no prerequisites. Anybody can take this class. You don't need a college degree like the CSCS. You don't need to do like a certain amount of hours of coaching or anything like that. You just need to pay for it and show up. However... When reflecting on this course, I definitely highly recommend it for most individuals, highly recommend it for physical therapists, for CrossFit athletes, for people who are interested in coaching the sport. But here are the three things that I think you need, the three questions that you should ask yourself if you want to take this course. Number one is, what is your fitness experience? What is your background in fitness? So many of us, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some sort of fitness background. Maybe that is running, maybe it's lifting weights, maybe it's playing soccer in college, whatever it might be. Looking at the experience that you have and and asking yourself how much of this is involved in CrossFit. Have you done some weightlifting before? Have you picked up dumbbells? Have you had a barbell on your back? Have you performed bodyweight squats? Have you hung from a pull-up bar? How many boxes in the CrossFit modality can you check? I think it's important before you take this course to have some background in fitness, although it's not a must. The reason why is 
the course has a lot of information. My brain was a little bit overwhelmed in a really good way, in a really exciting way. I had a fucking blast, honestly. Excuse my profanity. (laughs) However, it's a lot to learn. And that's coming from somebody who has experienced training, who's been doing CrossFit here and there for the last six or so months, who is a physical therapist and coaches people on movement every single day. It was a lot. So I think that if you have very little experience performing movements with a weight, with a bar, that it might just be overwhelming from a cognitive standpoint. Now, on top of that, the weekend was also a massive workout. Like it was just a two day long workout. I am way more sore than I expected to be. And if you're interested in taking this course, know that you will be more sore than you think. And 90% of what we did was with PVCs, (laughs) which is very humbling. But I've never squeezed my glutes so many times and so for so long than I did this weekend. And I've never pressed a PVC overhead so hard that I'm reaching towards the ceiling with all my effort to properly recruit those upper back muscles. Like all of those little things add up. On top of that, we did a workout both days. I almost died in the workout on Saturday. Yes, I'm being dramatic. Um, It was thrusters and burpees, and shout out to Katie, my partner for the weekend, who I can't wait to cop a workout with. She was cheering me on. She was hyping me up. I was nauseous. I was super grog. Like, I was just dying. So, if you don't have fitness experience, like, it, it just might be hard, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. All of the reps, all of the different positions, all the different holds, it's challenging, which is what makes it so much fun, but it's a lot. So, have a little bit of skin in the game before you go into this course. Second question to ask yourself is, how comfortable are you accepting criticism? How comfortable are you accepting criticism? Now, the whole point of being coached is accepting feedback and using it to make yourself better. Like if you've ever been coached in anything in life, whether it be a sport or in the gym or in your career or whatever like it's go it's feedback that's going to help you improve it's criticism but the way that this course is structured is when we're going through these movements we get put into groups we stand in a circle we all practice our squats or our push jerks or our deadlifts and the coaches walk around and just critique the shit out of us which is amazing because that's that's the way that we learn right so for me, for example, when we were learning the sumo deadlift high pole, which I'd never done before, kind of like a good precursor to um, explosive movements such as the Olympic lifts, super cool movement, but I didn't know what I was doing, right? I got the deadlift part down and the movement is going from a deadlift to a high pole, which involves a shrug. And the challenge of the movement for me, which is also a a current challenge of mine in CrossFit, is sequencing and coordination. So in this case, it was about fully extending my hips and knees, squeezing my quads, squeezing my glutes before I shrug the bar and bend my elbows. I just couldn't get the sequencing down. So we're all practicing and the the trainer says, hey, Julie, can you get in the middle? Everybody circle around her. And they're all watching me do it. And he's like, do you see this? Do you see this? And he's putting his hands on my shoulders and he's readjusting me and I'm practicing. 
not getting it, practicing again, not getting it. Eventually, I improved, and it was awesome. But if you're the kind of person who's going to get a little bit uncomfortable with people watching you, or maybe your ego will get in the way and be like, well, hey, man, I can't front squat this because it's a PVC and it doesn't have weight. And like, they don't care. They they are asking for perfection, which is great because we can't expect perfection from everybody, but it is what we should be striving for when it comes to movement. So yeah, you've got to be ready to get called out, man. At the end of the day today, we were all in a big group in the middle of the gym, all 25 of us doing the snatch with a PVC pipe. And um, I wasn't getting fully into the bottom, like in, in my finishing position, my catch. And I was getting called out left and right. Um, the coach, Clay, he's up in the front of the room. He's like, Julie, get deeper. Point those knees out, get deeper. Explore, explore down there, come on. And everybody else is holding their position until I get into that final position. It's a really cool feeling. It's a really cool camaraderie because we're all in this together. But it's also just like, ooh, the spotlight's going to be on you at certain points, regardless of how experienced you are. So just know going into this course, you're going to get some feedback and criticism. And I'm so grateful for it because I cannot wait to take all of these notes into my training this week. Last question to ask yourself before you hop into this course is, are you going to be able to apply what you learn? I've taken a few courses now, gotten a few certifications, you know, reading things online. And one thing that I'm noticing is you can read all you want and listen all you want, but until you actually do the thing that you learn, until you actually put new skills into practice, they're not going to get solidified. They're not going to become useful, right? So if you're interested in taking this course, are you going to be able to apply these principles? Maybe you'll walk yourself through some of the drills as a warm-up for your personal um, workouts that you do. Like I know for me, we learned um, squat therapy, which is like standing in front of the wall, really close to it, putting your hands up in the air and squatting all the way down and making sure that your hands don't touch the wall in order to show you that you are maintaining that neutral spine, maintaining full extension, maintaining a good overhead position. I'm going to now take that into my own fitness, which is going to help solidify that for me. I'm also going to use a lot of what I learned with my patients in the PT clinic. So much of this is going to carry over into the way that I'm coaching movement with the humans who come into me for help. So I'm really excited to take this and use it. And I think it's important to, if you're going to take this course, know that there's going to be a way for you to apply it to others. So wrapping things up here. I had an awesome experience at this course. Maggie and John and Clay were so, so great. I am so sore. My glutes have never worked so hard. I've never truly understood that I suck at getting a good lockout. Oh, the other thing I got ripped apart on, guys, turns out I suck as an explosive athlete. Like, if I had a dollar for every time they told me, Julie, faster, 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 throw the hips, shrug the shoulders, like, that was something that took a long time for me to get get twitchy, get explosive. And it fueled my fire because at one point in my life, I was a pretty explosive athlete and now it's giving me something to work towards. So really cool way to learn about functional movement. So many great tips, so many great cues, and also just a really cool environment. 
I made some friends this weekend, filled in a room with other fitness enthusiasts, other people trying to better themselves and the people that they work with. There's just no better feeling. There's no room that I would rather be in than a room like that. So thank you all for tuning into this episode about my takeaways from the CrossFit course. I would love to discuss anything that you enjoyed about the episode. You can reach out to me on Instagram at GoalsetMindsetJB. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, if you are enjoying the show, I would love if you subscribed on your favorite platform and left a rating or review so that I can reach more people like you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.